Hello, friends, and welcome to the Kindred Life Podcast. I'm your host, Christine Marie Bailey, a regenerative farmer, author, wife, and mom, and I'm so glad you're here. Join me each week as I share encouraging and faith-filled stories, prompts, challenges, and conversations that will breathe life into your days and moments so you can dig more deeply into a life of connection right where you are. Do you want to live more bravely, purposefully, and connected to the people and tangible experiences that matter most? Then listen in. Welcome to the Kindred Life Podcast. What? I cannot (laughs) believe we are doing this. So fun. So we are, well, first of all, this is my first episode where I'm having a conversation. So if many of you have been listening up to this point, um, this is the first time I'm having a guest on the podcast. And of course, my first guest had to be one of my closest friends of 28 years, Christy Crosby. Um, I'm just so excited to have her. I'm so excited to be here. <laughs> so fun. Um, why don't you just introduce yourself to the listeners and kind of tell them a little bit about you and then we will tell them how we met. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so my name is Christy and I've been married to my husband, my high school sweetheart for almost 24 years now, <laughs> but we met working at a theme park and so we have known each other since I was 17 years old. So do the math. I'm not going to tell you how old I am. <laughs> um, we have two kids. My daughter is 20 and in college and then my son is 15 and he's in high school. Um, and so that's us. I am on staff at my local church, and I also um, am part of a nonprofit organization. I'm the president of the board for Mom Life Ministries. Yeah. So it is so fun. So that is me. That is what I do with my days. I love it. Well, we have to share the story, first of all, of how we met. So Christy and I met pretty much day one, like move-in day Yes, of our freshman year of college at Belmont University in Nashville. And let's just paint a picture for (laughs) the listeners right now, okay? Yes. Move-in day, freshman year. Mm -hmm. Will you just tell them what you experienced (laughs) on the um, hallway? Yeah. So first of all, you have to picture, I grew up in Nashville. (laughs) I was a country girl at heart. So I'm moving into my freshman dorm room, blaring country music out the speakers. And our bathroom connected to this other dorm room. And all I hear blaring out of that room is a New Jersey accent and rap music. And I was like, what have I gotten myself into? This is my first encounter with Christine. So my roommate and I were both from New Jersey. And we were blasting the Dangerous Mind soundtrack at, like, (laughs) full volume. So this is late 90s. This is 1995 or mid-90s. And this is Christy's first experience with with me. And meanwhile, she and her roommate are wearing, like, denim cowgirl boots, John Michael Montgomery music. So it was hilarious. Garth Brooks. Stop it. Oh, Garth Brooks. Sorry. 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 So... It was a very unlikely friendship from the beginning. Mm -hmm. Let's just say that. And we couldn't have been more different. I actually remember people asking me really strange questions my freshman year of Belmont, like Mm -hmm. the preconceived notions of people from New Jersey. And there just weren't very many of us. But 
I quickly just like fell in love with everything Nashville. You converted mm-hmm. me to a country music lover mm-hmm. very quickly. By Halloween, you were already wearing my like cowboy hat and cowboy <laughs> it's boots. It's so embarrassing. I dressed as a cowgirl for Halloween wearing your normal clothes. Yes, they were my normal clothes. Thank you very like, much. Like, were you offended when I did that? Yeah, that's a little, of, but you know, that's I loved you. kind of offensive. Um, anyway, so, you know, we met, it's been 28 years since then. Um, so we thought that we would just press record and just share some things that we've learned in that 28 years. And so the place that we're coming from is we all know that all of us are looking for ways to feel loved and known in relationships and in friendships. And we know that friendships are hard mm-hmm. and we've all had, you know, those conflicts or hard things that we've had to walk through in friendship. And so I know that I've learned a lot just from others and we just... We don't have it figured out perfectly, but we want to share some things that we have experienced and learned in that 28 years. And we know we're coming from this place of knowing that this is a unique thing. And we recognize that, Mm -hmm. that not every friendship lasts this long. But I think there are definitely some characteristics of what makes a really strong friendship, whether it's for a season or for a long term. And I think we can both agree that it's taken a lot of work Mm -hmm. and a lot of intention. Yes. So... I think what I'd love to start with is what drew us together in the first place, especially coming from such different backgrounds. Mm-hmm. You grew up in the South in Tennessee. I grew up in the North. It was even just a different culture. I kind of came from a little bit more of like, a, you know, the Northern mentality and it wasn't as soft as kind of I experienced in the South. And so I think at first that was really different for us. So let's maybe unpack what drew us together and why did we even decide to pursue friendship with one another? Yeah, I think one of the things that I would say in the beginning is that we walked into college, I think, ready to experience new things, mm-hmm. um, both of us. And I think for me, that looked like I was drawn to you because you were so different than me. Both of us kind of grew up, I don't know, kind of in our own bubbles, mm-hmm. right? And so it's like your your bubble was really different than mine, but I think both of us were like, I'm curious about this other bubble. Right. And so, like, I think we were curious about each other. Mm-hmm. I think we wanted to know about each other's families. How was your upbringing? What was it like to live in Jersey? And you're like, what was it like to live in Nashville? You know, like, I think we just were curious. I think we um, had these basic fundamentals of faith. Even we both grew up with mm-hmm. with faith, but but not even the same. Like mm-hmm. it was different. Like our way we experienced faith was different. Um, I don't know. I would say curiosity was probably the first thing that drew us together. Mm-hmm. I love that word, and I hadn't really thought about about it that way, but I agree. I think that we were both, like you said, completely different faith backgrounds, but both grew up in Christian homes that looked completely different. Mm-hmm. But, you know, when we chose Belmont, we both were there for similar reasons in a lot of ways and overlapping reasons, but I feel like we were both in a place of being curious and ready to grow. Like we were ready to just soak up the college experience and learn new things and experience different things and kind of tender ground for like finding out more who we were. Mm-hmm. And we we were kind of both at a similar place in that journey, even though it looked completely different. Yeah. And I think sometimes in friendships, like when we're looking for friendships and deep connection like that, sometimes we're looking for people that are just like us that Mm -hmm. feels easier right to just think okay like i'm gonna go find somebody who likes all the same things i do they listen to the same kind of music i do or even later in life like they have the same age kids that i do or we work in the same kind of place 
And truthfully, those friendships can be rich, but like there's so much depth in a friendship that's different than you. Mm -hmm. Like, and so I think for us from the beginning, the differences are what made it so much more fun to be friends. It was like, you taught me things I didn't know. Mm -hmm. I taught you things you didn't know. I think one of the things we've talked about is like we brought each other out of our comfort zones. We did things together, experienced things together that we would not have done. Yeah. And I think no matter what age you are, college or otherwise, like that's just a really like like important thing is don't go just looking for people who are exactly like you that mm-hmm. agree with all the same things that you agree with because those friendships are so rich and deep when you can learn from each other and you're not exactly the same. Yep, that's super wise. And you definitely got me to go country line dancing. Yes, I did. Let's just talk about that. We did the boot scoot and boogie. <laughs> oh, yes, we did. So... <laughs> I definitely was out of my comfort zone, but we had so much fun. I I think that's so good. And there was a give and take in our friendship from the beginning. And like I said, it wasn't perfect. We were like 18 years old, but we were both showing up and we both were willing to start investing in a new relationship. Mm -hmm. So I think those are really great things to maybe look for when you're starting a new friendship with someone, Mm -hmm. you know, um, at whatever age that you are. So we started this friendship freshman year of college and then kind of let's just paint a picture what happened from there. We Mm -hmm. ended up moving in and becoming roommates Mm -hmm. after that first semester. We're like, okay, we really like each other and Mm -hmm. want to live together. Yeah. Um, And I was listening to country music at that point. (laughs) I converted you. But also Um, you taught me about contemporary Christian music. So there was a lot of DC talk action as well. Just everyone needs to know. Mm -hmm. So we ended up living together and um, in the dorm. And then we eventually moved out and lived in like the on-campus townhouses with a few other roommates. So this is like, we're invested now, like we're going to carry this on throughout college. And we all know how much we grow and change through college. So mm-hmm. we are not the same people that we were day one of freshman year. Mm-hmm. So let's maybe talk about what kept us together all through college throughout yeah. that four years of change. What are some things that you can think of that we might want to share that you think kind of kept us continuing to grow deeper in our friendship? Well, I think one of the things is um, we, again, wanted to learn about each other. My family was here in Nashville. Mm -hmm. So, like, you came to my parents' house and, like, became part of our family. I got to come to New Jersey. Like, you were my first New York City visit. That's That's a big deal. Like, I got to go experience New York City with you, a place where you grew up going. Mm -hmm. Um, And so just, just, again, being, like, invested in each other's lives and not just in this like surface level like we're gonna sit down and we're gonna have lunch or we're gonna have coffee or whatever like no like I want to know you like I want to understand where you came from why you think this way or why you act this way or why this really matters to you that comes from like us being in each other's lives you know and in each other's worlds and and jumping into that yeah I totally agree I think that Getting to, like, you know you know someone on a certain level just talking with them and investing time, but when you see that person's world, mm-hmm. where they came from, I think it's a next level way of being friends with them. And your family was like my family through college. I mean, I was at your the house that you grew up in, and going there, I, I learned so much more about you, just mm-hmm. like going to your room that you grew up in and seeing your life and... And being a part of your family, like, honestly, your parents took me in as, like, another child of theirs Mm -hmm. all through college and even afterwards. Mm -hmm. Um, And And listen, when I met 
Don Pachoni. <laughs> That's my mom. Yes. Just in case you don't know. Um, like when I got to go to New Jersey and be in your your childhood home, it's just there. And, and I know that like some of you may be in friendships where you can't necessarily do that. But what you can do is mm-hmm. you can ask questions. Like, what was it like growing up? Like, what was your childhood like? Like, I think we often think that we can't do that with people, even mm-hmm. like, like old as we get older. Those things matter. Those people, that's what makes a person. And mm-hmm. so I think if you really want to have a deep friendship, like ask the questions. Yeah. What makes you tick? Like, why do you think like that? How did you grow up? That Those are the things that like deep friendships are made of, truthfully. And I think that goes back to we all want to be known. And once a person knows kind of where we've come from, whether that was good or bad, mm-hmm. that really takes a friendship to another level. Mm-hmm. Um, so I agree. Christy and I actually went to the top of the World Trade Center together. Yes, it's kind did. of crazy to think about that. My cousin that. led us all throughout New York. He was like a tour guide. Mm-hmm. Um, even though I had grown up 30 miles from Manhattan, it was so, so fun to take someone, like a close friend of mine that had never been there before, and to get to show you kind of that part of my life. But then how crazy that we got to be at the top of the World Trade Center together. Yeah. I forgot that. Yeah. Yeah, that's really cool. I can't remember what year that was, but I think it was like late 90s. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, that's so special. And so I think that's a really great thing, just getting to know each other's worlds. And then I really think one of the things that we committed to from the beginning, we really got into this rhythm of having really long talks at night before bed. Mm-hmm. You know, when we moved in with other roommates, even. You and I, I just remember you would like come in my room and sit on my bed and we would just sit there for hours mm-hmm. and it would be like 2 a.m. and we would just talk about everything. It was a safe place to process. I mean, in college, you're really going through so many different transitions and, you know, so many challenges and it was a it was a safe place for me to process those things with you. Mm-hmm. And I think we both enjoyed that time and that give mm-hmm. and take of our friendship of each getting to share and then each getting to hear like, feedback and just, you know, reassurance from someone else that was going through a similar journey. Yeah. So I think just like purely logging a lot of hours together. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I even think about that, you know, I mentioned with my and Steven's relationship, that's how we began was just like so many hours on the phone when we were dating long distance and it really built a really solid foundation for our marriage just as a friendship first. And I think it really applies in friendship too, no matter how old you are, what stage of life you're in. This is another interesting thing about college. Okay. Mm -hmm. And I know we've talked about this before. Yeah. So many of us are adults. We live our lives, you know, it's busy. There's so Mm -hmm. many things going on. Mm -hmm. We have jobs, we might have children, you know, we have all these activities and it's really rare that we sit down and take enough time to invest in someone. Yes. And I think that is a really hard thing in our modern culture today. It is. We're spending a lot of time on our phones and and with distractions. And um, sadly, I think it's become really rare to sit down face-to-face with someone and really take time. Mm -hmm. And I'm talking, I'm not saying like a 30-minute coffee date, like hours. Yeah. Well, and I think, you know, like this this is a marker of our friendship, but also... I can speak for other friendships in my life. You and I physically don't see each other that much. Right. But we live like two hours away now. But, you know, when I lived in Texas, we saw each other maybe once a year, if not even that. Yeah, maybe not even that. Right. But I think what's been a marker is that when we did see each other, we spent that time or 
we could talk on the phone. Or there's all these great apps now, right? Voxer and Marco Polo and all of these ways that you can have an in-depth conversation with somebody, like ongoing conversation. Mm -hmm. Um, But like in every deep friendship I have now, the thing that's a common denominator is at some point we say, okay, like we're going to go to dinner and we're going to, we might spend four hours mm-hmm. at dinner. I totally or agree. Or like, like right now we're reporting, recording this podcast. I came here to like spend a couple of days, you know, like you have to invest time in relationships and you're right. Like I think you can't ever get to the real stuff if you don't spend enough time together. Like yep. you just can't yep. in a relationship, in a friendship with your children ever. And I think it's just, we, we don't have to go back to college to do that. Yep. Like we can make the time right now. Yep, like I agree. And I mean, that's part of the kindred life, right? Is slowing down. Slowing down to the speed of listening. Um, Which is I wrote, my favorite quote from the book. Thank you. Thank you. No. <laughs> I actually got that from one of our dinner guests. That's where I got that phrase because that's what that person experienced at a kindred dinner. Mm-hmm. And I think that that is something that we can all create in our own lives, in our homes, in our friendships. And it's really important. And I think it is, it was kind of a unique characteristic to that college stage of life because Mm -hmm. you do, it's, you have all these classes and papers and presentations, but your life is so, um, it's kind of this narrow world then. It's, It's communal. Yeah, it's communal. It's communal by nature. You have more time. You're with a lot of the same people. Your world is a lot smaller. So I think it was a great foundation for building that. But um, no matter what stage of life we're in, it is so, so important to carve out those hours. And I think it's kind of uncomfortable at first. Yes. Because people get restless after like an hour or two Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. we're just not used to it. But I truly believe it takes more than, I mean, I'm talking like a four hour, like you said, like it's like a three or four hour period where you really start to get into the, the depths with someone. Yeah. And I know this isn't something that people can do every single week or anything, no. but, you know, even in my friendships now that are really close here nearby, we try to carve out, you know, one or two weekends a month where we're just like sitting by the campfire for yes. hours or taking long walks together mm-hmm. on our land or somewhere at a park, mm-hmm. you know, and bringing our kids into that and, and allowing them to be a part of kind of a slow Mm-hmm. unraveling unfolding. of time yeah yeah so unfolding of time and there really is a depth that goes with that and I think about even like the gardening and farming analogies there that nothing happens fast Mm-mm. in growth on a farm or in a garden well and you have to cultivate it yep yeah like, you have to like, cultivate friendships you have to cultivate relationships and that and that gets into a whole nother thing that I think is really important in relationships it has been for us is that like we don't agree on everything yeah yeah, that's true. But that that's what makes our friendship deeper. I love the word cultivate. Mm. It is a gardening word, but and I I don't grow things. But um but it, my friend Christine does grow things. But like I love the idea of like sometimes we have to dig through all of the hard and get all the yuck out for something new to grow, right? Like that's the whole idea of cultivation. And that's true in friendships. We can disagree, you and I can disagree about something and yet we respect each other. And we're curious enough about each other to learn from each other. And so even if at the end we still don't completely agree, we have walked away from that conversation better, mm-hmm. stronger, with a deeper respect level for each other and even understanding of each other. Mm-hmm. Um, that doesn't always happen, right? I mean, I'm sure every single one of you listening to my voice has had a friendship where that did not work that way. And that's okay. That Not all friendships are going to be like this, mm-hmm. you know? 
And so I think part of it is too, like, I know, I know we've talked about this, but like, what does it look like when friendships change and shift and not all friendships mm-hmm. are meant for long seasons. Like some of them are just for a season. Doesn't discount the fact that they were beautiful when they were good, but they're not going to always last forever. And I think it's okay to acknowledge like when you're in a relationship with somebody, this may not be a forever friendship and mm-hmm. that's okay. Yeah. And I think that is really, really good. And I think sometimes we might be able to tell that from the beginning and maybe not, mm-hmm. you know, I don't think we need to go into every friendship thinking like, oh, this isn't going to last. I think that the same way it is with cultivating plants, mm-hmm. like we talked about this, like annuals and perennials, like the mm-hmm. two different kinds of plants An annual, it grows during that season. And that's it. That plant, that particular plant is not coming back again. But I still have to put the same amount of work and cultivation into that plant mm-hmm. that will only grow for a season versus the perennials that will come back year after year and maybe last for 20 years if I keep adding compost and Mm -hmm. nutrients to those. But both plants have to have a level of care and investment. Maybe we can jump to this because I know maybe, I mean, the listeners don't know like what kind of work you do Mm -hmm. at your church and with Mm -hmm. mom life. But maybe explain some of the scenarios that you're working with. Like what are some things, some common maybe issues or trends you're seeing among the women that you're working with. Yeah. And particularly in like the city that you live in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, I, I work really closely with lots of women in our church and especially through mom life ministries. And what we see often, I mean, we've talked about it a little bit. We talk, we see women who like, I talk to women probably on a weekly basis. They want deep connections. Like we're talking about, they want deep friendships. They want to be known and loved and yet I live in a community where um, it's a it's a military community. And so women are in and out of our of our city every three years. And so it's it's hard to know that I'm going to move into a city and I want to be known and loved and cared for. But yet I might only be here for three years. And so I think what I would say if you're out there and you're thinking maybe that's your situation or maybe you're just new to a city or maybe you've just never had these kinds of friendships and you're like, how do I even get something that deep and meaningful? A couple of things I would say, like one, I think you have to start being the friend that you want to have. Mm-hmm. I think it's really important that you don't just expect that everybody is going to be this great friend, but you have to go first. Mm-hmm. Like you have to, Christine, you had an episode where you talked about showing up. Like mm-hmm. you have to be the one to show up and you may do that a hundred times and, and not get this deep friendship out of it. You can't quit showing up. Like mm-hmm. you have to just keep showing up. Um, and then I think you have to be able to ask deeper questions, right? Like Whitney Cavs has this book out called Sick of Me and she talks about these levels of vulnerability. First, we have to be vulnerable. Like we cannot be known and loved if we are not our true selves. And so you have to go in being your true self, right? And so, but there's these levels she talks about that I think are so important for us to think about. There's this level of just when we first get into a relationship, this almost like immature transparency where we just want to like throw all of our stuff out there. Let me just share all my stuff with you because I want you to know me. I want you to understand me. I want you to be my friend. Mm -hmm. So I throw all this stuff out there, but then I don't really ever, I just want to like commiserate. I just want to rant. I just want to get it out there and I'm not really looking for deeper connection. Mm -hmm. Right? So it, it, you, you may feel connected in the moment because you said all this stuff, but then like you leave the lunch or whatever and 
it doesn't go anywhere, right? Mm -hmm. So then you've got this deeper level. It's a little bit premature where you throw it all out there, you say all that stuff, but then that other person starts to want to connect, right? And they start to want to give you feedback or advice or wisdom or whatever that looks like, and you still kind of keep them at arm's length. It's risky, right? You're a little bit scared that this person's not going to be the right person, and so you, you keep them at arm's length and you don't really even go deeper than that still say it stays a little bit surface level right mm -hmm. I think this is where most of us live in our relationships yeah I would agree most of us live in this place where we're like we're gonna commiserate we're gonna talk about our our mm -hmm. stuff we're gonna we're gonna get it out there but then we're not gonna actually spur each other on we're not gonna encourage one another or if we do we're gonna be like that won't work for I'm not gonna listen to your advice whatever that looks like right but then there's this next level where it's this mature transparency where you are doing all those things I just said, mm -hmm. but yet you're looking at that other person and saying, I want you on the journey with me. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm going to listen to what you say, even if I don't agree with it. I'm going to take it into consideration. I'm going to respect you. Mm -hmm. We're going to work this through. We're going to go on this journey together and we're going to grow together and mm -hmm. it's going to go somewhere. Yeah. Right. And that could, that could last when you move to a different city. Right. And I think that that's, that's what's been true for us. Right. I have so many friendships like this. If you can just get past that hard point and get deeper, ask questions, be curious. But again, none of that happens without time. Yeah. None of it happens without time. Yeah. I love that. And, you know, I think that it comes back to connection. We have to have that as human beings. Mm -hmm. We can't go through life thinking that it's enough to just have these quick little conversations, you know, at the school pickup line or in the church lobby or whatever, and think that that's actually going to lead to a rich, deep friendship. Mm -hmm. And it has to have the element of time and we have to do like intentionally carve out the time for that. Mm -hmm. um, it takes effort and it takes work. Mm -hmm. I think the, the thing that's true about all of us is we cannot live lives of isolation. So I think it's so beautiful when I hear you talk about the women that you work with in that are from you know military families, I can't imagine how difficult that is to move to a new city knowing you're only going to be there for a few years. I can understand how I you know, I would probably be tempted to say like what is the point? Right. You know, I'm just going to power through. I'm just going to kind of be anonymous at church or mm -hmm. whatever. I'm not going to really get to know anyone because that's hard and that's vulnerable mm -hmm. and it's uncomfortable to be vulnerable. Mm -hmm. But even if you move away from those people and never see them again, that time period mattered. Yes. And we ha there is the potential for growth and beautiful things to grow even in that time period, mm -hmm. even if that friendship is for a season. Yep. And maybe it is one that will last years and you will keep in touch over the miles. Mm -hmm. But the part that we can control is ourselves and the way that we show up, mm -hmm. like you said, and how mm -hmm. we cultivate those friendships. Yeah. Well, and I think part of it too is even if it is for a short season or a long season, like you said, it does matter. You investing in that friendship matters to you and it matters to the other person. And so if it lasts for six months or six years, mm -hmm. like it mattered, you know, and, and it inevitably in seasons of our lives, there are multiple friendships I could, I could sit here and think about that happened because our kids went to the same school mm -hmm. or they happened because my kids played on a soccer team together, or we happened to be in the same circle. So we saw each other often and we built something that really did matter, but then we're not in those same circles anymore and, or we don't get to see each other anymore. 
those friendships really mean a lot to me, but I don't get to talk to those people as much, right? And so I think we have to quit thinking that it has to either be a long-term relationship or that we have to stay close or that that, that didn't mean anything. It meant a lot mm-hmm. in that season. And so if, when we look at the whole course of our lives, there are so many opportunities to grow and learn and change and be a part of these kinds of relationships. And they're all valuable. They're all beautiful. And God can do all kinds of things in them, you know? And I think we just often, and, and sometimes we have, the other part of that is we have to know when a friendship needs to end. There's moments where we realize, oh, like I have grown and, and moved in a direction and this friendship is not going to continue to be healthy for me, mm-hmm. right? Those are also things that we have to be aware of. Also not terrible. It might feel terrible mm-hmm. yeah. in the moment, but it true, does, it does, right? <laughs> it, really it does feel terrible in the moment, yeah. but it also ultimately there was good that was had there mm-hmm. in that relationship. I think so much of life, we have to be able to hold the tension of the beautiful and the messy and the good and the hard, you know, and, and sometimes that's friendships too. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean that they weren't great when they were great, but sometimes they need to end. Yeah. And I think it's so freeing. I mean, it has been so freeing for me to realize that it is okay for some friendships to be for a season. Mm-hmm. And like, we're just not p- infinite beings. Like we can't have the, you know, the most perfect friendships for our entire lives. We can't control that. And so we can just continue to show up and be the best kind of friend we can in mm-hmm. that in that season. But I think for me, it's so freeing to know that not all friendships are meant to mm-hmm. be long-term and it's totally okay for them to serve a season mm-hmm. for each person. And that's it. Mm-hmm. Well, we don't have the capacity. Yeah. That, that's what I was just for that say. level, the level of relationship than you and I yep. have, like, I don't have the capacity for 20 of those. Exactly. That's I don't what... have the time for 20 of those. Mm-hmm. And so I think the other thing that we have to really think about is there are friends in my life right now that like, if I want to go see a movie, I'm calling them. If I want to go to the mall and go shopping, I'm calling them. Mm-hmm. And I, I've even talked to my daughter, you know, at 20 years old and been like, you can have different kinds of friends, mm. right? I mean, like you can have a friend that like, when you want to go do something really fun, that's the friend you call and they serve this beautiful purpose in your life. And there's this other friend that like, if you need godly counsel on something because you're struggling, there's that friend, right? There could be another friend that you need to go on a walk and be outside, right? There can be different people or that can all be the same person. Mm. This does not, it's not a one size fits all. This does not have to work for every single person the same way, Mm -hmm. you know, but yet those, all of those people matter in your life. That doesn't make one any less than the other, you know? Yeah. I think that's so great that it can serve the purpose that each person needs at that time. And maybe it is just a more casual friendship and you just need someone to like go on hikes with. And that's great. But I think you, you really hit it hit the nail on the head when you said that we only have the capacity if we are truly going to invest in people and go deep with people in friendship we can only do that with a very small handful of people Mm -hmm. and I think for me as I get older I'm realizing that I have the capacity for less and I want less but deeper friendships yeah I I feel like at the stage of life I'm in I just want fewer but deeper Mm-hmm. And I don't know how you're feeling about that in the stage of life you're in, but I don't know, maybe that's just something that happens when you get older, but you realize that it's really valuable to 
to have those ones where you really invest mm-hmm. and you just can't have a lot. I mean, like one or two, if we have, you have like one or two, like really close friendships where you feel completely known, you know, and we talked about this earlier, you know, I think a key to like a really healthy friendship is definitely that you feel like you are known for who you are and you mm-hmm. can be completely who you are in that friendship. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a key to figuring out whether it is a, it is a healthy, good friendship for you. Mm-hmm. Even if it's short term. Yeah. Yeah, even if it's short term, it can be a, it's like a good indicator of if it's healthy and a good friendship for you, if you feel like you can 100% be yourself. Mm-hmm. Because if there is any, of course, when you're starting a relationship, this is really hard because you are trying to fill out like, is this a person I can trust? Is this a, like, so once you get past that stage mm-hmm. of, of a relationship and a friendship, then I think you've got to think about, am I having to try to become somebody I'm not when I'm around this person? Mm -hmm. Am I having to be careful what I say? Am I afraid I'm going to offend them? Because truthfully, if you're for each other, then you should be unoffendable. Mm -hmm. Like if it is a good, healthy friendship for you, then there comes a point where it's like, I'm not going to be offended. I might be curious. I might ask questions. We might disagree. So there's this version of yourself you need to be able to be your full self when you're in a good healthy relationship and if you feel like you can't then it needs to be addressed and if once you address it it does not go well then that's one of those moments where you go oh maybe this is not this what isn't, I thought it was going to be yeah you know? and this isn't something I can invest my time in I mean right. like once again we're not we're not sovereign we are we have limits yep. we're human we can mm-hmm. only do so much. And that was a really hard thing for me personally to mm-hmm. just come to terms with. Yeah. I want to be like the perfect friend to everyone. I yeah. want to be available to everyone. I want to be the one that everyone likes. Mm-hmm. And as I've grown more mature or older, I mean, I still don't have it perfect, but I have learned so much about just letting a lot of that go and just mm-hmm. doing what I can control to be mm-hmm. a good friend. Mm-hmm. And evaluating like who can't who do I have the capacity to invest in and just investing in those people and Mm -hmm. you know I think a lot of times it is fewer I mean do you feel like that as you've gotten older how do you think it has changed as far as like do you think it's changed as far as the number of people or just like the capacity that you have for deeper friendships for sure I definitely think as I've gotten older, I've realized that I don't need as many, mm-hmm. um, but I need—I definitely need them to be deeper. Mm-hmm. I need to be able agree. to to go deep quickly. Like I, I, I don't, I don't think, and I think some of it is age, but I, some of it is personality too. Of just like some people can do surface level for a lot longer than other people. Yeah. I'm not one of those people. If we start to talk about the weather. I can only do that for so long. Mm-hmm. So I think there's both things at play. As we age, I think we kind of realize what matters and what doesn't, right? Mm-hmm. And and so we're just like, no, I, I'm not, I have limited capacity. And so I'm going to spend it on people that I can go really deep with and that I can be known by, right? And so I think that does come with age, but I think it also comes with just like your, how are you wired? You yeah, know? that's true. I mean, some people have more, more of a capacity for yeah. small talk. Or take, you know, they actually feel comfortable having Mm -hmm. that at the beginning of a friendship to kind of like ease the transition in Mm -hmm. and they don't warm up quickly. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think that's okay. I think it's also a stage of life thing. I mean, if there's any listeners out there that have like small children, Mm -hmm. I remember being in that stage and like you don't have four hours where you can go have coffee with a friend or go out to dinner. I mean, it's just so hard. Yeah. And I remember in that stage that just going for walks with another friend that had like a baby or a toddler 
In but, a stroller and yeah, just walk. Yeah. yeah, and just like being in nature or letting them play while we got to talk about real things that we were, mm-hmm. you know, and that was as deep as we could go at the time. Mm-hmm. But those are like some of the dearest friendships to me during that stage of life. Mm-hmm. And I don't think, I think it's about not waiting for the scenario to be perfect, mm-hmm. for everything to fall into place, mm-hmm. that it's up to us to take the steps. There might be some listeners out there that are like, I don't know how to find a friendship like this. Mm-hmm. I don't have a deep friendship like this. Mm-hmm. What do I do? Yeah. Well, I think it goes back to what we were just talking about. I think you have, sometimes you have to go first. Mm-hmm. One of the things that I think I hear women say so often um, and I was one of these people, so I'm not throwing anybody into into a bucket. I've said this before, but you look around and you think, and honestly, social media is not our friend here, but you look around and you think everybody else is busy. Everybody else already has their people. Like, and, and so you're, you're already assuming that no one has space for you and that everybody's busy. They already have their people. And the truth of the matter is most of the people around you are thinking the very same thing about you. And I hear women all the time say, well, it just everybody seems to be busy or I don't want to bother anybody or, or they already have their people and they may have people, but they may not be their like closest people. You're looking at everybody's life through a highlight reel on social media. You don't know. And so I think often we have to just get past those assumptions and think, uh, look around and think, who is somebody that's interesting to me that I think I might want to get to know mm-hmm. and ask, say, hey, like, will you just have coffee with me? I'd love to get to know you better. Start there and then get like all the things we just said. Be curious. Don't be afraid to go deep. You have to go first. Yeah, I think be the first one to open the door. I hear people ask that a lot um, with just the work that we do here at Kindred Farm is like, how do I invite people around my table? What do I do? How do I even get like, who do I invite? How do I know how to gather people in my home? Where are you? Who's yeah, in where, your circles? Yeah. Like, but I think it is, it's, it's exactly like you said, we come up with these excuses of, oh, those people already have someone or, you know, I don't have anyone to ask. And the honest truth is we just have to make the effort mm-hmm. and you have to take the first step. Mm-hmm. And that's what I always tell people is just don't wait for someone to invite you. Mm-mm. If you have a place you can invite someone in, even if it's not in your home, but just take them out to coffee or whatever for this first step. But that comes back to the vulnerability piece again. Mm -hmm. And we're just not going to get any depth in our relationships without vulnerability. Period. Done. It's just not going to happen. But so many of us, I think, want the reward without having to do the hard work. Mm -hmm. Or we get frustrated that maybe a relationship Mm -hmm. isn't going where we want it to go. Or we've put ourselves out there and gotten hurt. I mean, that's just the truth that happens over and over again. And so don't let the fear of getting hurt stop you from showing up and trying again, because for 15 times that somebody says no or it doesn't go anywhere past the first coffee date, if one of those times you get a friendship out of it, it was worth it. I think back, I have such a close group of people now where I live but I can vividly remember the time where I was saying exactly all those same things I know I have lots of acquaintances but no deep friendships like how do I make these I was Mm -hmm. that person and truthfully the really close friends I have now I actually haven't known for that long I had to decide that that was important to me and I had to just go deeper 
they're not all in the same season of life of me. They don't have the same age kids as me, but they were people that there was something in their life that I went, that's interesting to me. I'm curious about that. Like, I want to know more about that person. And I just went after it or they went after me, you know, like it happened both ways. And I think we're just so afraid of asking. And so we then, so then we're lonely. And I think that's just where we are. That's where we sit. We're afraid to ask and afraid to put ourselves out there. And so that would be my biggest encouragement to you if you're out there. Like, just go for it. Show up. Yep. And you can't lose that way. I mean, if someone, the worst case scenario is that person doesn't respond in the way that you want them to or they're not able to do Mm -hmm. that. And I think just part of like growing and maturing is realizing like that's okay and that doesn't have to be an offense, a personal offense. If that person isn't in the place to be able to invest, that's totally fine because ultimately we want friendships with people that, you know, kind of like ours started 28 years ago. We were both in the place that we were ready to invest in it. Mm -hmm. And I realize that's hard to find, but that's what we ultimately want. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's okay. And I think that's part of like maybe having some healthy boundaries in friendship of realizing that, you know, we can't control another person and all we can do is keep showing up, like you said. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd love to go back a little bit and revisit and just kind of like share that Christy. So, this is another really interesting thing about our friendship is that Christy, right out of college, got married right away, mm-hmm. right? Like the month after we graduated yeah. to her high school sweetheart. And then had children a couple years after that. Was it five years? Three years. Three years? years Okay. So this is another stage of friendship I'd love to touch on. How can we stay close Mm -hmm. if our life stages kind of start to change? So I was not even close to being married when Christy got married. I was like living the single girl Nashville life. Mm -hmm. But I think there's all kinds of cool people. (laughs) Working in the music industry. And so I think a lot of times a friendship could fizzle And maybe that's okay. Like we said, sometimes it's for a season and that's okay. But I think there are ways to keep a friendship going Mm -hmm. with longevity, even if your stage of life completely is different from one another. So what do you think are some things like that kept us close, Mm -hmm. even though our life stages changed Mm -hmm. so much? Well, I think part of it goes back to you inviting me into your single world. Like I'll never forget. You may not even remember this, but like, (laughs) I remember you're living in your little house with your roommate having, I think it was a Valentine's party. Do you remember that? Oh yeah. We called it Here's to Love. There you go. (laughs) That's it. So I'm married, you know, and all, you know, all the things that that entails. And so like you had a Valentine's party with all of your single friends and you invited me. And I was like, why am I going to this? Like, this is so weird. And trust me, it was awkward. I was like the weird, lone, married person in the room. But again, like you invited me into your world, gave me a really clear picture of what your life was like in that moment. And we weren't hanging out a lot in that season. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you remember that, but like I was married. I I lived in a different town, but still you invited me into that world. Same thing. When I had Emily, you would come to my house and live in baby land for a yeah. little while. You know, you didn't have a baby. Y'all, I was at the birth of her daughter. <laughs> Let's just say. Yes. Was Emily. I saw her come out. 
And then I painted a mural on her nursery wall. Yes. But yeah, I think you're right. It's It goes back to kind of what drew us together in the first place is really being curious about the other person's world mm-hmm. and like being interested, genuinely interested in like, what's your life like now? And our lives are different for this mm-hmm. season. I mean, we lived in, and then after that season, you moved to Texas. Mm-hmm. We lived really far apart from yeah. each other. And same thing. I fly to Dallas and get to see like, urban acres yeah. you've read kindred kindred life like the yeah. startings of all of that and and vice versa you would come back here and another baby came you know mm-hmm. and like all these things that happen it's just showing up for each other even if it's if it's five years apart like there were there yeah. were years where we didn't see each other yeah but yet there was still this connection point of we knew that a second we did connect we were going to pick back up right where we left off we continue to want to learn from each other's lives even if they're vastly different. I think that's a big part of how you do that. Yeah, I totally agree. I think the element of cheering each other on, even if we are in completely different life stages, and that's mm-hmm. something that you've consistently always done for me. I think I put this in my book, but I named my first chapter, Sing Your Song, in the Kindred Life book. And that phrase came to me from a journal that Christy gave me. It, ha- it was like a green leather journal. I still have it and still use it. Mm-hmm. It has like years of journaling in it. But I remember the day you gave that to me and it was like, bam, that was exactly what I needed to know and hear mm-hmm. at that time. And it was mm-hmm. a green leather journal with a gold bird on the front to sing your song. And it was like you just, because of all these years we'd invested in one another mm-hmm. and because of how much time and how like the depth that we had shared It's like you just knew that that was the place I was in where I was kind of in this place of like learning more courage, learning more boldness, finding my voice Mm -hmm. in the writing world. And you really encouraged me in that and cheered me on in that. Mm -hmm. And also I think, you know, it's really beautiful that we live this like college life together and our lives are really aligned at that time and then kind of completely change the paths that we were on for a while. Mm -hmm. Now, of course, we're both parents now, but with like very different age children. Yep. I mean, you have a 20-year-old and then a high schooler. Mm-hmm. And I still have, you know, an elementary school schooler and a just starting middle school. And so one of the things I love the most is I've gotten to see you kind of a little further down the journey from me. And I learn so much from you. I've learned so much just from watching the way that you've parented. And even though... You know, your kids chose public school. We chose to homeschool. I worked from home and worked for my own businesses. And you worked kind of more in a corporate life or in like the church world. Mm -hmm. Totally different. But like we've still been able to learn from each other's journeys. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I look at you as like when I have high schoolers and older (laughs) kids, I'm just like soaking up everything I can. All of your wisdom. Yeah. But I think on the flip side, what I think is so cool about that is you, a lot of people think, oh, well, it has to work one way, right? Like, so you're learning from me because my kids are a little bit further along. But like, I look at the way you've done your homeschool journey with your girls and like the way you've infused culture and art and hands-on learning with them. And like, it's changed the way I parent my high schoolers. I don't homeschool my kids, but I... I want to find ways to incorporate those elements in our, in the rest of our lives outside of school, you know? And I just think it's so cool to look at how we can do that in relationships and friendships and like learn from each other. And I'm not going to do it the same exact way as you, and you're not going to do it the exact same way as me, but we're still learning from each other and like growing and like encouraging one another and like 
it's just the coolest part of friendship. Yeah, I love that. And I think, so let's recap a couple of things. I feel like there's been like some major themes of what we talked about here mm-hmm. of what makes a healthy friendship, mm-hmm. regardless of how long it's going to be in your life. Right. I think curiosity, mm-hmm. vulnerability. Mm-hmm. So like the courage to show up regardless of what happens or how mm-hmm. the other person receives it. Being able to be yourself and feel mm-hmm. comfortable at being the person God made you, the personality that God made you, and that that's celebrated by the other person. Mm-hmm. Um, what else? I would say time. I would say time. Just um, being willing to invest time. And, and just it takes effort. Mm-hmm. Okay, friends. At the end of every episode... I usually share three simple joys, which are three things that are just bringing joy to my life right now. Um, And they're usually things in the small moments. It's a gratitude practice that we can do wherever we are. We can do it every day. We can do it every week. But the point is noticing those small things in our lives that are bringing joy. So I would love to ask you, Christy, what is a simple joy in your life right now that you'd like to share? Well, this was... um something uh, like a hobby that I picked up during quarantine but I am loving knitting right now Ooh, I love it I know I um it's kind of a wintertime activity for me when I'm cuddled in and cold but I it is calming it is so relaxing I can do it while I'm having a conversation or while I'm watching a tv show it's such a grandma thing but I love it so much I love it and can we just say, did you knit that sweater you're wearing right now? Because I everyone did. needs to see it. It's awesome. It's my it's first like, cardigan. It's like a confetti yarn. Yes. Cardigan. Black with pops of color. It's so cute and looks so cozy. I'm actually really, really impressed that you knitted that because I think the only things I've ever knitted are like a baby scarf and like that's probably it. Scarves are the Lots easiest. of scarves. Start with scarves. <laughs> a scarf. Just a straight line and that's it. That's all you have to do. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah. And I think that's so important. So if you can engage in this gratitude practice, it's something that we can do. And gratitude is such a key factor in just living a more contented life. Mm -hmm. And so when we notice those small things Mm -hmm. that are bringing joy and getting us through our days and and helping us just live more fully into who we are. Mm -hmm. So thank you for sharing that. You're welcome. so much for listening to this episode of the Kindred Life Podcast. I want you to know that your Kindred Life is worth it and I'm cheering you on. If you love this episode, please subscribe and consider giving us a five-star review so other people can find this podcast. You can always find me online at christinemariebailey.com where you can also join my email community, The Kindred Letter, so you don't miss a thing. You'll also get several freebies for signing up for my email list, including the first chapter of my audiobook and some fun free guides. You can also follow along on Instagram at Organic Bean and at The Kindred Farm. See you next time.